Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Investors Advantage and the Securities America companies are separate entities. The opinions and forecasts expressed are those of the author, may not actually come to pass, and should not be construed as a recommendation of any security or investment plan. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Welcome to Fiscal Fitness with your hosts, John Grace and Daniel Medina. They have all the questions about investing, planning, retirement, and the future. You could say it's all they live for. While it can seem daunting getting everything sorted out and the important questions answered, they'll do their best to make it that much easier. Now, here's John Grace and Daniel Medina. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to what do we have? The last Wednesday of the year. Can you believe this year is over? And I know so many people can't wait long enough or too soon. It can't end soon enough, right? You're like, just close the books. And of course, we've got a, a, a 2021 right around the corner. I'm saying let's uh, here's to a healthier and happier 2021. Uh, but we like to look at both sides of the equation, the good news, the bad news, the in-between. We want to see, want you to see everything that we think you might uh, experience. And if it's good news, great. If it's not, let's do what we can to prepare for it because we want to survive and thrive no matter what might show up on our door. In fact, we want to master every uncertainty. That's our goal. So let's get down to work. We're going to look at uh, what this year might hold, some, some patterns maybe to 2017, 2019. Uh, we want to look at the year overall. It's almost to a close. And as you know, we like to look at the year as a total when we can, as opposed to just a daily activity. We'll be talking about daily activity, by the way. Then we want to touch on uh, millennial money from the standpoint of what are some resolutions that millennials in particular might be really savvy to avoid. We want to share those uh, up front as opposed to saying after the fact, didn't you know any better? Right. No, don't tell me about it afterwards. Tell me about it up front. And then something that's just really genuine, it's authentic in terms of this thing called life, and that is the common depression. Uh, people don't like to talk about it. We're all supposed to be optimistic and enthusiastic, particularly at this time of the year. At the same time, there are just things that happen in life that can make us feel depressed as heck. And uh, we want to talk about it and see what we can, what we might be able to do about it, because as I say, we want to survive and thrive. So uh, this is John Grace and Daniel Medina here, your hosts at Fiscal Fitness. This is what we do every Wednesday from 12 to 1 Pacific time. In fact, we'll be right here next year on Wednesday the 6th, uh, joining you to kind of give you a sense of what's going on in the market and how you can play the market to win. When we look at the Dow, for example, uh, it, it's a good day today, and, and, and this apparently the last five days of the year and the first two days of the next year is a period of time that's called the Santa Claus rally when it happens. And this one seems to be happening right on schedule and right on time. So far for the year, the Dow is up 6.53%. And when I say for the year, what I am referring to is from January 1, 2020 through today in real time. We're up about 73 points on the Dow, and certainly a 6.5% return is a very good return. The S&P is uh, the standard of the 500 stocks, and that might be a, a better uh, kind of a group of stocks to look at because it's, it's a, a lot of, it's a little bit of everything. And uh, I think it's like 27% tech, but it's a, a better representation Think of the Dow as the old companies, top 30. S&P is uh, by market cap, and it's up about 15.5%, up four and a, almost 4. Point, well, right now, 4.30 uh, to the upside today. But the NASDAQ has been the darling of the stock market this year. It's up a magnificent 43.56%. Uh, that is just terrific. That's a, a magnificent run. And, and we do want to uh, bring your attention to the disparity between the six and a half, which is a good number on the Dow, and the 43 and a half, which is a great number on the NASDAQ. Part of what we want to point out here is this uh, dispersion. In other words, the, uh, the, the differences between those two numbers is about as dramatic as you are likely to see. 
so that's something that you want to look for because you, that includes looking at the volume, for example. When the volume is light, when, and, and at this time of the year, typically volume is light, uh, you, you, you would rather have greater volume. You want more stocks rising on the sea as opposed to, let's say, the top 10 or 15 or 20, whatever the number might be, which may lead the index and give a false reading, if you will, in terms of what's going on with the overall market. Sometimes the market leaders give a story that is not represented with the majority of the stocks in that index, and that is not a good sign. And, and right now we are seeing a rather low volume. So we'll continue to see how this happens. But uh, Santa Claus may not be coming to town due to the pandemic, but thankfully he is paying a socially distant visit to Wall Street equity traders. And if we look at the, um, the, ec uh, the uh, history, there we go, typically the last, uh, the last five first two days of the year, last five of the last of the, last of the year, first two days of the next year, often the, the return has been about 1.3%. Uh, in addition, uh, this span has finished positive in nearly 78% of some 250 trading sessions. And this comes from uh, Chief Market Strategist Ryan uh, Detrick at LPL Financial uh, just yesterday. So uh, this seems to be holding up and the bottom line is that bulls tend to believe in Santa. Uh, apparently there is uh, a lot of optimism and it's playing out right now as far as the, the market is concerned. And, and it looks like we will uh, be able to uh, enjoy this rise in the records amid lofty valuations and a resurgence of the COVID-19 pandemic in just about everywhere in, in the world. I mean, it certainly has not put us on, on, uh, on hold. It seems to be moving quite uh, well in terms of what it happens to be doing at this time. Uh, so if we look at, uh, this is, a, this is a, a great time to look at the euphoria of both 2017 and 2019 at year end. They were very strong years, 2017 and 2019, but they also led to nasty market declines. Guess when? The following February. So uh, this dark market is uh, starting to look like that of a year ago. It's still too early to, 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 to sell, but these are the kinds of things you want to keep your eye on because uh, the, the, uh, the momentum has been good. You don't want to fight it. The trend of the charts is, is, is relatively higher. Uh, but, and, and we're going to give you some numbers to kind of keep your eye on if, you, if, you're, if you're fond of doing so. You might look at the S&P as one of the three indexes, and the, the highs might be around 3,700 or so. Then you want to look to see where there might be support. And we're going to suggest that it's about 100 points less, 3,600. What that means is if we burst through 3,700, we're off to the races. But if we come down below 3650 or so, that's where we're looking for support. And it has to test and hold. It, when it does, more people will rely on it. But if it's broken, there will probably be instant selling. And that's why one of the things we've been talking about in the show here is that some of the uh, very smart people we pay attention to suggest if you look at 2018, we saw a low of 20%. In 2020, we saw a low of 35% first quarter 2020. Uh, and they're suggesting that uh, we might see this as a pattern that's developing. In other words, we had a one low followed by a lower low. And some are suggesting that we could very well see around the corner, maybe as soon as early second quarter, a third lower low maybe 40% and that might be the first leg down. So this is why we wanna look at both the tops and the bottoms. And, and I love what one of the pandemic physicians had to say about optimism, that the problem with optimism is that it breeds complacency. And I can say when it comes to our health, when it comes to our wealth, the last thing we wanna do is be so busy looking at our phones that we don't look up to see as we're walking across the street, the bus that's headed for us. Uh, because we want to be able to tell the story, get the license plate, avoid the bus altogether. That'd be more fun than getting hit by that bus. But when we become too complacent, unfortunately, that leads to uh, a shock and awe. And that is generally not fun. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what kind of things are you keeping your eyes on uh, these days, Daniel? 
Sorry, I was muted there for a second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was just wondering what your thoughts were about the end of the year, you know, this, this great grand um, run oh. we're seeing. Do you think it's going to hold? I, I know it's impossible to see the future, but what's your best guess? Cautiously optimistic okay. is the way I, I, I would put it. I'm, watch, I'm watching the tech market. That's, that's been pushing everything. So that's, I think, if anything's going to bust, that's going to bust first. So watching where that goes, particularly Tesla, uh, it, it's, at, it's right under $700 a share now. So it's continuing to run. And uh, those valuations are, are, are just getting crazier and crazier. Um, so that, that's what I'm watching for the end of the year or for going into next year. Well, and folks, so that's the kind of thing that's important because this certainly reminds me, and I've said it all year, of 2000, where it didn't seem to matter where you threw a dart, whether it was black or red, whatever you put your chip on, it just went up. It did not see a plateau. It did not see a decline. It looked like it was a whole new world. And then starting early 2000, uh, right, this is through 99, and starting early 2000, well, NASDAQ came apart uh, about, what, 30 months later, off 80%. So whenever you're seeing, I think the doctor nailed it, we get complacent when we become overly optimistic. I call it being high on, on, the, on the hopium. Uh, that's when we see ugly downsides. And I have a friend of ours, in fact, uh, a colleague of uh, Daniel and mine, who uh, says privately, not publicly, that he lost a million dollars in the dot-com bust. Now, I would not be sharing that story, but he's, uh, I guess we made it comfortable for him to share that story with us. But the real point is, does it, is that, does that need to happen? In other words, losing a million dollars, losing a significant amount of money. That's the question. Does it need to happen? And we're going to answer that question by saying, no, it does not need to happen. Uh, we saw, um, we learned a lot from 1987, a lot in 2000, a lot in 2008, even more uh, fourth quarter 2018. Uh, and then, of course, first quarter 2020. So if the market is off, let's say, like it was uh, February 19th through March 23rd, I believe, off 35%, and your account's off, let's say, half that or uh, two-thirds less. In other words, if it was off, let's say, 5 to 15% as opposed to 35%, or even 17%, half that 35 somewhere in that ballpark. Well, now you don't need to keep digging a, dipper, digger, a bigger hole, but you also know that you don't need as much rescue efforts to get out of that hole. And that's what's so important about keeping your eye on the ball from the standpoint of uh, recognizing what kind of loss we can live with and then seeing if we can design the portfolio to, as I say, master these uncertainties. So whether it's the good, the bad, or uh, the unfamiliar, right, the scary, uh, the uncomfortable, it, it doesn't mean that what the, what the market is doing is, is your experience. In other words, your experience is lighter relative to the overall market. Uh, that's what we want to suggest to people, that they, they wake up and see what happened before and then recognize what can I do so that if events like that happen again, I might be able to limit my losses uh, because uh, that, that seems to be a good way to um, you know, win by losing less. Uh, the factor that if I'm off 5%, maybe I need a 6% gain. If I'm off 40%, now it's more like a 66% gain. So to the extent that we can limit those losses, most of us feel like I'm still in the game and I don't need a, a Hail Mary pass uh, just to get back in the game. Okay, Daniel, you, you're a millennial. And uh, you, uh, you know, we, we've got some good representation here. Uh, and, and we see the millennials got in this market, I think, in a big way at the bottom and have seen a magnificent ride, what, maybe 60% or better in the overall market. So they've seen a lot of upside. They have experienced absolutely zero downside. So what kind of uh, resolutions should your cohorts fellow millennials be making at this period, at this point in time. It's interesting you say that, John. Uh, well, particularly because we have more stimulus coming and I think the $600 checks are going to start to arrive this week or next week in people's bank accounts. So it'll be interesting to see if that money finds its way to the stock market, like, like the previous stimulus checks found their way to the stock market. But uh, end of the year, resolution time, people are really good at thinking about what they should be doing and really bad at actually doing it. So there's three common resolutions that, that everyone makes 
and few people actually do. The first one is spend less money. Easy to say, hard to do because people don't actually even know what they are spending on. It's those $5 a day at Starbucks that just adds up every day for the whole month before you know it, you're, that's, that's where all your money's going. It's that unconscious spending. So one person that I, I, I follow says that you should, you should approach it backwards. Focus on saving first and then back into a budget. That's one way to do it. So if you have a goal of, say, say saving 10% or 20% of your, of your paycheck, put that first. You are first, save first, and then back into the rest of your budget or what you're spending. What I want everyone to do is actually look at where your money's going. Figure out how much is going to rent or clothes or food. And the only way to do that is painful, but look at your bank account. Look at where your money's going, write it down. Second thing, second resolution is paying down debt. Another good one. Few people actually do it because few people actually know where their debt is. First thing you should do when you're looking at debt is list all your debt. Now, I'm not just talking about listing it out this credit card, that credit card. List out the balances, the interest rates, your minimum payments. And then once we can figure out where your debt is, then you can figure out how to actually pay it down. Now, the first thing we should do is look at like look at possibly reducing interest rates. So if we can consolidate to something lower or maybe take out a personal loan to do it, that sometimes works. But once you know where your debt is, you can actually figure out a plan on how to pay it down. Now, the, the way that I like the most is focusing high on high interest cards first. The less interest you pay, the less money you're wasting. That's where I would that's where I tend to focus. So we'll get to, uh, we have a couple more on the list, right? But we'll get to that on the other side of the break. So uh, let's go to our break and give us our instructions, if you would, uh, Daniel, and, and, and let's make sure folks know about the book as well. You can find us on Facebook at Under Investors Advantage, on Twitter at, under, at Money on Course. Our website is www.ybpoor. You can find us in the office at 805 495 2077. You can email us at contact at ybpoor.com. And John's book is available on Amazon. Uh, all you have to do is search uh, for uh, Disco Fitness. Or no, that's the title of our show, huh? Making <laughs> Finance Make Sense. That's the title that's of the it. book. Yeah, it's on eBay as well. Excellent. We'll see you on the other side of the break, ladies and gentlemen. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit YB4.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's YBPoor.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So glad you could join us for the last Wednesday of the last hump day Wednesday of the year, right? One more day and we've got a brand new year to look forward to. And I think everybody is looking forward to a brand new year. And I want you to make sure that you, we want to make sure that you get all the things that you need so that you have a a very good uh, 2021. And that includes my book. So if you do email us or call us and pose a question, uh, provide your email address. I'll make the book uh, a gift to you in the Kindle version. And that'll mean that a, um, a message will come to you from Amazon and then you'll have the Kindle version. Otherwise it's available both at eBay and at, uh, at Amazon. And I don't know how they price what they do, but it's all of 15, $16 uh, and it's about a hundred pages. And apparently these days uh, the, the, the preference is for books to be 100 pages or less. People just don't have the time or the inclination like we used to in the past. But we want to pick up where we left off for the break. Uh, Daniel was uh, really bringing to our attention something that, uh, that, that really makes a lot of sense. And it's uh, the millennial money from NerdWallet, uh, three vague financial resolutions to avoid, uh, you know, spending less money, making sure that you put yourself first, not your not your budget first, in other words, not your bills first, and try to save at the end of the month. No, reverse that thinking. You're, you're number one. The president said that uh, America first, where we're saying you're first, pay yourself first. Pay yourself at least 10% of what you're earning. In some cases, it might be 20%, but get in the habit, even if it's $50 a month, that's a beginning. You, you owe it to yourself to say, I'm starting the new year. I'm making progress. I don't know if I can do more than $50, but let me try with 50. And if I don't see, if that doesn't seem to hurt, maybe I can get to 100. Maybe I can get to you know $100 a month. Maybe I can get to 10% of my gross income, not the net, the gross. That's before taxes. And then, you know, make sure that you're spending less. And right now, this pandemic has been, I think, advantageous from the standpoint that people are making, I think we're recognizing science again. I think that's a good thing. I think people are spending less. And, you know, that's not good for the economy, but it's good for your household economy. And, and it gives you a chance to kind of focus on your finances and really look at where you are prior, prioritizing how you spend. And again, we're saying just get in the habit of paying yourself first each and every month for as long as you are working. What did our parents teach us? You make your habits and your habits make you. So let's get into the habit starting right now January 1st, first paycheck 2021 of setting aside some money for yourself. And if all you do is put it in a money market account, that's better than you putting it at Amazon where you'll never see it again and you don't remember what you bought a month later. (laughs) Okay, so you were talking about paying down debt. What else, Daniel? So the next one that people love to fantasize about but hate to actually focus on is uh, retirement planning. So this is something that people start doing far too late. And if I remember correctly, I believe people the average age where people start to think about even what a retirement might look like is around in, in their mid-50s, which is entirely too late. And I can't tell you how many times we've had people come into our office and talk to us and it, around that age and tell us they want to retire in about 10 years and they want to keep their same standard of living and they haven't saved a dollar and they're ready to, to work now. Well, at that point, it's it becomes so difficult because you have no time on your side that you have to save too much of what you earn for it to even be feasible. So what people really need to do is focus on it earlier and ideally in your 20s and your 30s. So for millennials, it, this is the time to really start looking at it and, and, and thinking about it. And the first thing you think about is when, what age do you want to target to make work optional or retire? Retirement's a vague term. Now, what, what I prefer to, to think about it as is not stopping to work, but the time when you want to be able to know that you don't have to work to support yourself. You have enough money saved. It's somewhere that can support your lifestyle where you can just wake up one day and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to stop working. That's the freedom. 
So what age are you going to be targeting? Now, for most people, we start at 67 as a default age because that's normal social security. And for a lot of people, we actually push it out to 70 for various reasons, but that's when social security maxes out. And that's a, that's a baseline. And it happens to be a very good one. Um, from a mental health standpoint, the, the working longer tends, tends to be better, gives you something to focus on and life expectancy longer, that helps too. Second thing we look at is what do you want your lifestyle to look at, look like in retirement? Now, for most people, where we want to, what we want to target is a, the same lifestyle that you're living now through retirement adjusted for inflation. So if you're making $50,000 a year today, we want to keep your same standard of living through the rest of your life adjusted for inflation. And when we, when we assume inflation, we assume 3%. So if you're 35 today and you're making 50,000, then we'll grow it. We'll project it growing at 3% every year until 67. And that's the dollar amount, or that's the lifestyle we're trying to replicate. Now, the next thing to, now the next thing is you, you have to back into this number is how much money do you need saved to be able to duplicate that lifestyle? That's a little bit harder. It involves a time value of money calculation. Um, there's a lot of calculators online. We have our own calculator that we that we have. It's it's on our website, uh, www.ybpoor forward slash financial hyphen calculator hyphen. Um, I'm sorry, www.ybpoor forward slash financial hyphen calculator forward slash. That will give, take you to our calculators. On the left-hand side is the retirement. On the right-hand side is insurance. The retirement calculator will walk you through these numbers and help you help you put, put together a basic plan on what you want to focus on to be able to retire at some point. For example, we uh, by the way, we are providing uh, free financial planning services to all frontline workers. It's our way that we're really proud of to say thank you to the folks that put their lives online every single day to keep us safe. Um, and as part of their DNA, it's just something they're going to do no matter how we don't really respect ourselves the way we should in terms of wearing masks and keeping distances and, and uh, you know waiting to enjoy all the company that we could possibly put in one room at a time. So with one couple, the uh, mid thirties, they're making about a hundred thousand. She's making 60, he's making 40. And to Daniel's point, what they were able to see is first, what kind of income could they get at various ages? And they discovered that certainly that 8% increase that Daniel talked about from Social Security that you get every year, you do not start your retirement. So we look at it this way. If you think longevity is not on your side, start it early. If you think you're going to live and longevity is on your side, start it as late as you possibly can afford to, because every year you do not start Social Security you get an 8% increase. Now, what else does that? I don't know of anything else in the world that has a guaranteed 8% increase to your income. Each year, you think about whether or not you want to start taking the withdrawals from Social Security, okay? Taking income from Social Security. And you also want to make sure Social Security is giving you all the credit you deserve for the hours and the income that you're working. And that's something you have to be responsible for and you have to do. So when we look at this couple where we provided a free financial plan in about 90 minutes, we saw that the, for them to have the same equivalent income of about $100,000, it means setting aside, remember I said paying yourself first, 15% of their income, $15,000 a year. That's approximately $1,300 a month. For many people, that's a car payment. Uh, that we always find a way to budget, right? But they're instead saying, no, we're going to keep the old car. We're going to drive it until it rusts. We're going to set the $1,300 aside for ourselves. We're going to try and enjoy uh, the reality of a 7% return. That's our goal. If we get 7% and as we keep contributing $1,300, particularly through market declines, where we might pick up more shares when prices of those shares go down in a decline, that puts us on track to have the $2.6 million. So for us, this is so important because we see so many people where they put the money on red, they put the money on black, and if it goes up, they feel good. And if it goes down, they don't feel so good, but they don't know what they're trying to achieve. So when you get on an airplane, you don't just let it run around until it runs out of fuel. You don't even wander around in the car anymore like we used to do. 
go for a drive. Nobody does that anymore. So let's see the target and let's see what we need to contribute so that we can see that we're on track. And then no less than once a year, get together with your cohort, your you know, significant other, have a colleague, a spouse, a parent, or a friend, you have shared your objective, and maybe you can be each other's backup to make sure you're doing what for yourself, what you said you were going to do, and vice versa. And that's such a good feeling when people can see, you know, whether it's a weight loss goal or a weight gain goal or picking up some muscle and somebody's there with you. It, it seems like the it's it's more, it's just a lot more fun. And now you can pat each other on the back. But this is what we're talking about, folks, so that you see what you're trying to achieve, so that you know exactly what you need behind door number one. And from that door, you can expect to have the equivalent income, the kind of income you used to go to work for, but now it's retirement income for the next 20 or 30 years. So that's the first part, so making sure you see your target, look at your insurance planning. Don't just say we have insurance. How much insurance do you actually need in the event that one of the breadwinners were to go to heaven with the survivors carrying a lot of stuff and probably a whole lot of people. Financially, you want to keep this thing on an even keel as opposed to, oh my goodness, I have a new reality. I can't talk to this person. They took all the money to heaven with them. And then of course, uh, we want to look at uh, looking at if they're kids, how we can do uh, college planning. But go back to where you were, you were Daniel, in terms of uh, that accountability um, and, and having a plan to crush those 2021 resolutions and, and make it happen. Just want to finish that note on saying be specific and put numbers to it. Goals, goals are great, but without without measurable numbers to track them, they're they're impossible. They just become dreams. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then we wake up like Rip Van Winkle, and it's it's an OS moment that stands for oh shucks, right? <laughs> so we hope that's been helpful, particularly for the millennials um, who really are, you know. They, they love their friends and they love uh, diversity. Well, I respect all that. Uh, they love making money on their own terms, but they typically do not see their target, which was something that we, we would hardly recommend that you do, see that target. Okay, so now let's uh, talking about this time of the year. A lot of people are alone. Um, a lot of people can't get in touch in, in real terms, you know, in the same room at the same time with the people you love to see. And, and, and I'm saying to folks, look, just, just speaking of goals, let's just make it a goal that we'll get together next year and have an even better time because we missed a year. But let's get through what is happening, particularly with this COVID-19, which I have called a disaster of epic proportions. <laughs> and that may have been an understatement because clearly it has not forgotten about us. And it's something that is life unlike anything we've ever known. And it clearly is growing, even though we can't see it. It certainly has a sense for where we are. Uh, so how do you combat uh, depression, particularly after retirement, no, with or without COVID? What do you think, Daniel? It's, this, is a tough, this is a tough subject because retirement has changed a lot since. Uh, I'm going to go back to 1935. That's when Social Security was was developed and kind of the modern idea of retirement started in 19. If you were born in 1935, your life expectancy was about 63 years old. And, 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 and when were you supposed to start social security? Early social security at 62 normals at 65. So, so notice they set it up so that you were near death when you could start social security, something wrong with that equation. Fascinating. <laughs> so we, we fast forward to 2020. And if you're born in 2020, your life expectancy is north of 75 years old. So life expectancy has gone up and retirement benefits have the dollar amount has gone up, but the ages haven't. So we're we're getting into this this hard, this hard reality of people living far longer than anyone really expected in retirement. If you're retiring at 65 or 60 67 or even 70, there's a good chance you're going to live into your 90s and possibly even your hundreds. So you're we're talking about 20 to 30 or, or 40 years in retirement. That's a long time to stay busy. Now forget the forget the dollar aspect because that's a whole different challenge. Just keeping yourself busy, it becomes very difficult. You go from working all the time to being off all the time. 
you have to, there's something you have to, you have, there's, you have to have something to keep you, keep you busy. Now, the first thing we have a list of six things for you to, to suggest. The first one is stay in shape. Physical health is very, very important. Go to the gym, walk, go with friends, do something to stay, to stay in shape and, and keep the physical body up. Good point. Yeah, we've seen so many people, folks, where they get close to retirement. On the one hand, they're excited, and the closer they get to the experience, they they do become depressed because it's like, what am I going to do? And and then we hear the stories of the wives, where the uh, you know <laughs> now it could be the husbands, right? They had this executive position, and now they're coming home to tell the other partner how to rearrange the kitchen because clearly it hasn't been put together properly. I'm sure that gets well received. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times the first six months are fine, and then the, then they start going crazy. <laughs> so two on our list is be social. Keep keep up your social interactions. It's, it's we we see it far too often where people retire and they don't leave the house. They just watch TV all day and they just they they sleep they sleep later. They be they be less social. There's no more friends at the water cooler and going to lunch with people. Keep that up because that that's that is extremely important for your mental health. Well, and let me say that uh, again, we've only, I've been only at this since 1979. So we've seen a lot of situations uh, and so many people, particularly the men, they, they had their work. And so they always had somebody they could talk to and somebody they could give direction to. But, uh, you know, when, when, when couples, when people often get married, I find that the women keep their friends and the husbands give theirs up to say, well, you're my friend for life. And the wife says, good for you, but I'm not doing that. So <laughs> my point is they, they have their friends the women typically, and they have things to do. They have people to talk to. The men typically threw those, theirs in, right? They have nobody left to talk to. And now they're, they're almost like on an island all by themselves, bored out of their minds. Number three, develop a schedule. Keep yourself busy, whatever your schedule is, whether it's going to the gym, having lunch with friends, doctor's appointments, make time to go get drinks with the wife or other people, but keep, keep a schedule and, and try and try and keep it, try and keep it as full as possible. Good idea. So do we need to go to a break right now? And then yes. uh, we'll come back on the other side with the, uh, the, the three more tips we have for you on uh, how to stay healthy and active and um, abate depression after retirement. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit ybpoor.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's ybpoor.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service, and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, folks. John Grace and Daniel Medina here, where we're on Fiscal Fitness with you every Wednesday from 12 to 1 Pacific Time. And I hope you can tell that we enjoy doing this kind of work to help people get a handle on things, uh, put away the social media misinformation, and let's look at things in a very real way where we can survive and thrive. So, you know, the way I like to put it, let's get fiscal. And Daniel was just talking to us about through uh, retirement, let's get physical. So you have three more things that are high on your list of uh, uh, new habits that we could develop as we retire. What, what are they, Daniel? So the last three, the next, well, the next three, uh, the first one is, is keep working. Retirement doesn't mean you have to really stop working. Um, there's a lot of times where people go to a consulting uh, portion or they work part-time or their, their work changes or they do something completely different. But there's no reason why you have to retire and then just stop working altogether. Your work can change. Well, you know, you remind me of a good client of ours, Daniel, a rocket scientist who made good money throughout his career, but then he became a consultant and went back to one of the aerospace companies. He can't name the name, but to be the consultant for some of his work he did 10, 20 years ago. And his compensation was what, $200,000? I mean, are you kidding me? His, his income in retirement was better than his income when he was on the workforce. And he loved it. So it, it is really important to find some things that you can do, particularly ones of where you can be compensated. But if not, volunteer. Which is the which is number five. And imagine give, that. Give, give back. And it's really just volunteers. Do do what makes you happy, whether it's working with the church or it's volunteering your time, wherever that may be, whatever you're donating to, uh, instead of instead of giving money, give your time. Well, in fact, to your point, this is a psychologist at Carnegie Mellon University who found that uh, seniors who had volunteered 200 or more hours a year had better mental well-being than those who didn't. So that's, that's encouraging, 200 more hours. And, and the payoff to you is a uh, better mental health. You're not just getting high on the Kool-Aid. You're not getting depressed on TV. Remember that the news is, is great, but they're going to lead with what bleeds. So they're not going to try to inspire you necessarily on most of the news shows because that doesn't sell. That's just our psyche. That's how we operate. So don't blame them. Blame us because that's what we pay attention to. So they're going to bring you all the disasters they possibly can to keep you hooked. And the last one is hit the classroom. And just because you're retired doesn't mean you have to stop learning. So do to figure out something that that, that you're that you're interested in, you want to learn more about, and you can there's lots of ways you can take classes, whether they're online or you audit them in person. Well, harder nowadays than it was last year, but there's a lot of ways you can you can actually you can take classes nowadays. And John, you were actually just telling me a story about uh, one of our clients. Yes, uh, one of our very good clients who I promise looks like uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci's relative, brother. I mean, they could pass, okay, uh, for each other. And I believe he's in his early 80s now, and he, he had the absolute pleasure of sharing with me how he was taking an online class with one of these online universities. I believe it was a, a management uh, a class, uh, and he, he passed the test. It, it was an open book test. He got 95 on the test. I, I thought, that's the way maybe we should be doing more testing if you're not going to be a doctor, right? Who cares? And, and you know, so many of the tests that we take, right? It's, it's ivory tower information. You want to pass the test, but the information that you need to know in the test, much of it is useless in real life, whether it's a securities license, an insurance license, uh, becoming an attorney. It doesn't seem to matter how, who, divide, who designs those tests with absolute useless information, and all we want to do is pass it, but we pass the test, but we can't use any of the information we made sure we could not forget just in time to pass the test. I love it. Anything else, Daniel? Stay busy. Keep stay yourself busy. busy. Whatever, whatever it is you do, stay busy because uh, an, an inactive mind is probably your biggest threat. Well, and to your point, there are a couple of uh, places that you can use. One's the, the Rhodes Scholars Network of Lifelong Learning Institutes. 
And the other one is the OSHER, O-S-H-E-R, Lifelong Learning Institute. So Google Lifelong Learning Institutes and see what you can scare up so that as you're preparing for retirement, you're getting back into uh, a different routine, but it's not one where you just plowed on the couch and you're ruining the couch and you know your, light, your, your waistline is just expanding beyond all proportions and your mental capacity is declining unlike anything you've ever seen or you ever wanna wish on anybody. Uh, that way, as I say, we can, we can learn new habits and uh, not only uh, be successful and, and survive, but thrive because we're, we're feeling like we're making a difference and we're making a contribution to ourselves and to other people at exactly the same time. Okay, what do we have next, Daniel? Uh, Santa Claus rally. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we're gonna say that we covered that and um, you know, enjoy it while you can, but as you're enjoying the melt up, uh, we're also going to suggest that you look to see what you can do to avoid or to make for as little participation as possible in any meltdown. As we say, this 2020 is ending on, on, with record numbers, but so did 2017 and so did 2019. And notice in those two cases, it was the February after the end of 2017. It was again the February, even more dramatically, after 2019, where it looked like the, the wheels were coming off the wagon. Uh, and this next one, that may be exactly what's happening. But if you can limit your losses, folks, that's where the rubber meets the road, if you will. That's where we would submit to you. That's, that's where you need to pay attention to what can we do to limit the losses so we don't need a Hail Mary pass just to get back in the game, nor do we need to expect the values to get back where they were in our lifetime. So in the event that we can limit those declines, we don't have to worry about if this high watermark will ever be seen again, because at least we can maybe get back to it because we didn't see experience such a depression or it hasn't been so severe. So getting back there is, is something that is uh, possible as opposed to needing that Hail Mary pass. So, Daniel and I happen to be minorities, and we're seeing uh, interesting things happen with this uh, pandemic. Uh, and I think it's important that we talk about uh, some of the things that are going on here, because they, they are really quite scary. Um, when we look at the, the number of deaths, particularly when it comes to uh, people of color, I think uh, for African-Americans compared to white people with this COVID disease, the uh, experience of death is over twice as high for black people. And for Latinos, it's a one and a half times larger. So this uh, COVID-19 is certainly not done with us and we need to figure out how to deal with it so that uh, we can go on with life and we can get back to uh, life being the way it was or even better than it was. And, and by the way, on that note, if, if I'm not mistaken, I understand that the uh, radiators, right, uh, came about after the Spanish flu. So that was one of the things that was a positive that came out of that huge negative. And at that point in time, we had no vaccines. <laughs> we didn't, we had no tools to deal with this situation, the Spanish flu of, of 1918. So while we have the vaccines, uh, I'm going to suggest that we not get complacent again and say, oh, well, the vaccine's gonna be here, I'm gonna be fine. Well, you may not see that vaccine until maybe the spring or the summer. And in fact, Daniel, you're good with the numbers. So, you know, some of us are saying we're really doing well with um, providing vaccines to over a million people. But if we have 330 million people and we're only up to a million a week or so, it's possible that at that rate, we need what, eight or 10 years to completely vaccinate everybody? I mean, this, that's, that's not gonna work, right? <laughs> this is no salvation. And in fact, uh, Dr. Fauci, if I'm not mistaken, I believe said just yesterday, we hoped to, oh, no, no, this was uh, President-elect Biden. We, our goal is to get to a million a day. Wow, well, that's a huge number from a million a week. But by the same math, let's see, with 330 million people to get to at a million a day, uh, that might take about a year and a half, 
<laughs> that puts us into 2022. So um, on the other side of the equation, you, you might have seen uh, Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, who uh, got the coronavirus, and he asserts that he was doing very well at keeping his mask on for seven months, and then he did not keep it on for four days. When he entered the White House, he got tested every day. There were five or six of them, six of them that was part of this team, tried to help uh, Donald Trump prepare for the debate with uh, uh, Vice President Biden. Five of the six people got the virus. So what I'm saying to you folks is do not be complacent. Do not let your guard down. You must be vigilant about this. You've got to keep doing the washing of the hands, the wearing of the masks, the um, you know watching your distance. And the fourth W is uh, wait for getting these big groups together. Don't break down and just say, hey, we can get together for 30 minutes. In fact, I, I found one story, uh, I believe this was uh, in China, and it was a young lady who spent uh, about five minutes and was 20 feet within, about 20 feet away from the person carrying the virus. She got the virus. So, I mean, this notion that it's six feet, I'm not sure where that came from, but I'm not sure we can trust it. So we can trust the vaccine uh, when it becomes available. I'll sure be taking it. How about you, Daniel? You and Millie? I plan on it. You plan on it? Yeah, we're plan we'll, we'll stand in line, but we've got to get from here to there. And, and, and this is also one of those things I think is so important because who knows what's behind this experience? In other words, is there another virus? It, 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 will it metastasize in, in a way? Okay, will it uh, become, uh, as it changes, right? It, it modifies itself. As I say, it's unlike, it's life unlike anything we're aware of. Every, anything we've seen in a movie, but clearly it's a version of life and it wants to expand. So we've got to cut it off at its knees. And that means some of the things that we can do just on our own to, to keep our saves, washing the hands, making sure we've got the distancing, staying at home if you're all at all possible. And as I say, for those of, of us who can't stay at home, do not have that luxury. We're trying to make things a little bit better for you. Let us do a free financial plan for you in 90 minutes or so. That might help you feel like we have your back just as you have been uh, keeping us as healthy as we possibly can be. Uh, you have our backs with the health. It's something that you do. It's part of your DNA. We, we certainly appreciate you for it. And it's a way for us to say uh, thank you in the most meaningful way we possibly can. So uh, yeah, let's close with uh, the, the markets are, um, you know, the shock absorbers are, are very weak and uh, don't expect the cavalry to come in and save the day, whether it's to rescue your money from a, um, a master uncertainty to the downside or uh, relative to uh, looking for the cavalry to save you as, as far as your, your health is concerned. Uh, 2020 has been certainly a bull market for stocks and a bear market for humans this year. And who knows what 2021 holds. We're all hoping that uh, it's a healthier and happier 2021, but we must be vigilant, we must keep our eyes open, and we must pay attention. So on behalf of Daniel Medina and myself, John Grace, we certainly want to thank you for tuning in with us on Wednesdays from 12 to 1 on Voice America. And we'll be right back here as soon as we possibly can, just on the other side of the brand new year, Wednesday, January 6, 12 to 1, Voice America on Fiscal Fitness. Thank you, folks. We'll see you next week. for tuning to Fiscal Fitness. Please join John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an excellent week.